Hey guys, what's up? It's your boy Farron Khalid and I'm coming back again with another episode of Collective Connect and today I got the pleasure of having my friend Lyndon on the show. Lyndon is a vegan activist and he's someone who's been a runner for a long time and I've met, I met Lyndon in Atmo Cafe. That's right, yeah. I'm right, and um, he was working for an organisation called uh, Anonymous for the Voiceless and uh, working, is it? Or... Yeah, um, Anonymous for Voiceless. Uh, let me just do a quick... Uh... Let me just do a quick introduction to that. Anonymous for the Voiceless is an organisation that was set up in 2016 in Australia by uh, Paul Bashir and his partner Sal. And it's a wonderful organisation because it gives people an opportunity to go out and stand up for animal rights and stand up for what they believe in. So I have come to recognise that as a vegan, we have a lot, a much bigger responsibility than just going online and, you know, I don't mean to sound sarcastic, but I mean, a lot of people, they go online and they post about where the next, you know, big vegan places to eat or they post about these wonderful cupcakes and stuff. And I think that um, from a vegan perspective, we need to start being more direct and we need to start trying to make a difference and encourage veganism. I think that's a big, big part of it. Um, sure. So, so yeah, so I'm trying to get people on board with that. But um, yeah, it's, Anonymous for the Voiceless is street activism, essentially. So we just go out, out and we do what we call a cube of truth, um, which is an equal-sided cube, and it has laptops and truth signs in it. And then we wait for the members of the public to approach and look at the footage, and some will turn away in disgust and go away the other way, um, which, you know, it's, it's basically... Kind of highlights the point. It highlights the fact there's a lot of uh, willful ignorance in society at the moment, um, whereas some people will, will come up and they will look at the footage and they will then pause and then they will. And that's when we take the opportunity then. That's when we know people maybe want to know a bit more when they're affected by it. Um, and then that's when we ask uh, the, a series of questions, which we call Socratic questioning, uh, where we try to lead people to a vegan conclusion um, because you cannot tell someone to make changes in your life. It, it very, very rarely works. You need to allow people to make their own decisions um, because when you try to, to, to tell somebody to do something, they'll put the shutters up and it's like um, it'll come across like a criticism or a judgment of themselves, so it's not a good route to take. So that's a, a brief overview of um, Anonymous for the Voiceless. Right, okay, that's really cool. So um, what, does, what made you decide you want to become a vegan? Because when I first met you, you were really passionate. You told me everything about why I should become a vegan personally. And now I've been a vegan for four days, guys. So I will document the whole Which process. Which is wonderful. Well done. Thank you. Fantastic. Yeah. So um, I, I thanks a lot for that. Um, yeah, just becoming a vegan in the last four days, I've noticed that um, I definitely feel a lot more fluid in my body. I feel like my blood pressure has probably reduced a bit, although I need to prove that. But I feel like my body flows a lot better. Um, not to say because I don't want to ruin it, you know, in the sense I've got an expectancy on it. But, um, yeah, no, I've been working out as well. I've been, um, I feel like my body's a lot lighter. It's a lot more stronger as well, actually, which is um, maybe a common misconception around going vegan. It's probably like you lose your strength. But actually, I feel like the strength I have now was my actual strength, whereas before it was kind of layered with fat, which you get from, like, animal meat, meat products, dairy products. And um, what made me become vegan was, like, a number of things. So it was partly you bumping into you, having a chat with you seen how passionate he was as well, but how informative and actual, actual, actually how practical he was as well. And um, having the podcast with Monica, if you guys remember that, uh, if you want to go listen to that too, go check that out. And also uh, meeting my friend Erin, who's also part of Anonymous for Voiceless. And um, and just speaking to vegans along the way. And then the Gary Ravoski speech on YouTube, which is actually called the greatest speech ever. Which, the best um, speech, yeah. the best, best speech you'll ever hear. The best speech you'll ever <laughs> hear on YouTube. It's um, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great video. And um. 
it's made me realize that you know becoming vegan is like it's important for one's own well-being and health but also important for the environment and the planet and you know when you say the environment it's kind of easy to have this kind of stigma right it was just the environment but that like you said it's willful ignorance and that's that's not good because you know i think our goal as humans really is to like raise the quality of our consciousness and raise the quality of our experience and um not to set goals upon anyone, everyone's individual, you have your own sort of way, but I think animals matter, and I think when you do see them being harmed in such a way, at scale, it makes you, and the video, Gary, the, Gary Ravosky, he does open you up from footage of that, and also, if you, look at, if you look at other countries and other cultures, let's say India, for example, cows and animals, obviously, partly are revered, part of like, culture, but also, they just walk around on the street, same with elephants, same with, um, same with goats, they just walk around on the street, and people accept them as part of the world, Whereas for us, I was thinking about this the other day, we're almost kind of secluded from animals. We don't see animals unless they're domesticated, like cats and dogs. And, you know, to, to, we don't associate cows, pigs, chickens, with just being animals who could walk around on the street. because We're just, like, part, part of the earth, in a sense. And rather we see it as something we can have or something we can use. Whereas I think there is something in that mindset, in our own sense, that we can use this or have that where the kind of problem lies because it stems off in a lot more areas rather than just being a vegan. And being a vegan obviously is good for the environment, but it's that, it's that almost mindset. But that is mine. I own this. I'm a human. Who owns it? Who's the you that owns it? The you that owns it doesn't really exist. What you are is the earth. You are the universe. You know, I know it sounds, sounds a bit out there. It might sound a bit outlandish, but I mean, you are everything you see, everything around you, you know, the outside world and the inside, inside, you know, feelings, emotions, thoughts you have, they're one of the same. There's two sides of the same coin. And so almost when you treat the world in a way where it almost belongs to you, where it's like, you know, this animal's mine, then you're, 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 you're falling into, like, you're, you're going into this place where it's you, this you is the one that controls the world, and really the world is you, and we should respect the world whilst we're here, and protect it and preserve it and maintain it and sustain it and grow it. And I think being vegan is one of the great ways to do that. I think you can actually go into the facts about why that would be the case. You touched on a, a few very interesting points there. When you talked about um, India and you talked about cows being revered and being sacred, it's, there's very much of an out of sight, out of mind, and it's endemic throughout pretty much every culture you look at. Um, it's very endemic in the British culture, although we like to think ourselves of a nation of animal lovers. And we, But let's just talk about what happens in India. In India, with cows, they are revered as, as sacred animals, and yet... They are exported for their leather. And, you know, if you look at some of the videos available online of what happens to cows when they're exported for leather, you know, when they can't hardly walk anymore, their tails are twisted, there's chili powder, chili peppers put into their eyes, and they are treated so abysmally by, you know, by people that believe that they are these amazing animals that should be revered. But it's, again, out of sight, out of mind. As human beings, we feel like we, sh we have dominion over the world because, because we can. There's this might is right aspect going on throughout every culture. And it's not something that we can continue to do. It's absolutely 100% insane, morally wrong. Um, and on top of all of this, we are actually destroying our own health. Mm. You know, as can, I, can, I, can I just touch on a yeah. point as well? Just to carry on, you said it's actually insane, and I agree. When you can see outside of it, you can see how it looks insane. But I guess you know you're so conditioned to eat meat, and not just eat meat, but have, uh, like animal products. But moving outside the animal products, 
animal products and meat is one faction of it. You're so conditioned to see the world as yours, or the world as like something for us to use, because everybody else treats it in the same way. It's how like society and culture is permeated around using the world as our playing ground. And so to an extent it should be. We are creators. I think we are we are creatives. We want things, we want to create things, we want to do things. I understand that there is that aspect of us. But I think shifting the conversation around what does the earth one, what is the universe one, what, what, what's good, what's sustainable, what's help, what's viable, in a sense. And I think that's where we need a big shift in consciousness, where we stop, we get out of our own individual bubbles, and like, the, not the individual bubble, because you're always going to be with yourself, but like, just awaken them, in a sense. I don't, I don't really know how to explain it. It's pretty unexplainable, but carry on. Yeah. Sorry. As, it, it, it is an awakening, because I came to realise two years ago, when I initially... Um, watched a documentary called What the Health? And I thought, because I was already getting some great concerns about the pharmaceutical industry, and I wanted to improve my health as an athlete. So I watched a documentary called What the Health? And I went plant-based. And I like to iterate that plant-based is not vegan. You can go plant-based for your health. That's got nothing to do with veganism. Veganism is a moral stance against the commodification of animals for human beings, okay? So... Any kind of commodification has got to, you have to turn your back on it. If you believe that it's wrong to abuse, kill, torture animals in any way, then you have to be vegan. We are in supposedly a nation of animal lovers, a nation of people who scream blue murder when they look at what's going on in Yulin, China, and yet they do not place any consideration upon the animals which suffer, which we dine upon on a daily basis and we use their body parts for our own pleasure and there's scientific experiments going on animals for cosmetics etc etc so as a nation of animal lovers we, it doesn't add up to be a true nation of animal lovers we have to place all animals into consideration not just the ones that we like to have as companion animals and pets right that's interesting so what happens in Yulin, China? Because you did touch on that point. That's where they eat dogs, right? Right. In, in yeah. Yulin, China, um, it was very interesting because um, I just set up a new group now in Newport, anonymous for the voiceless group. And it's actually twinned with a province in, in Yulin. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pronounce it. I think it's Guangxi province or something like that. Anyway, it's twinned with that. And there's Crazy been a, names, huh? there's a big there's a big debate going on and there's councillors sending them letters saying, you know, they're not happy about it. But essentially what happens over there is they, they are torturing animals. They are torturing, they're going out there and capturing dogs, and they torture them because they feel like it makes the meat taste better. So it's a horrendous state of affairs. Naturally, people in the UK and all around the world uh, irate about this practice. But I think people need to take a long, hard look at themselves because what is the difference between a dog and a pig or, you know, or a, or a chicken a budgie that we keep in a cage. These are sentient beings. They've got feelings. They feel pain. They can suffer. So how is it right for us to pay for any animal to suffer? It's, I obviously disagree with what's going on um, with dogs. It's completely yeah, wrong. I, I agree with you. But we can't draw an arbitrary line there and say, these animals we love, these animals must suffer. Um, as, as Gary Yurofsky said, who you mentioned at the beginning... He came out with a great term and it's a great phrase and it's peace begins on the dinner table because if from a very young age, we are taught to discriminate against some animals, love some, kill some. Then how, well, it's a very mixed message because hate is something that's taught. It's, it's not something that's inherent in people. When a, when a child goes out, to quote Gary Oscar again, when a child goes out to the playground, they couldn't care less about the colour of another child's skin. 
This is something which we are taught. And I believe a lot of this, if not all of it, stems from our food choices, which are literally forced upon us from a young age. And we just adapt to, we get a taste for, and we're conditioned into. For sure. There's something interesting you say, and I'll give your ears a briefer now, because I just have one second, two seconds to enjoy that. Take that all in, because there's a lot we've just said. Um, what I think is really interesting about what you've just said is the fact that we're conditioned into it. And I think there's, there's like, there's an approach to it where, like, I think there has to be some... I, th- I don't think it's the individual families who are conditioning the children, although they can make the decision not to be, um, to not to be meat, to become vegan and to just live a more conscious way of life, or to live basically in a way which you know, abides by, you know, the universe, God, whatever you want to put it, the, the eternal God, not the God, the Father, the Father, which, anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But right, so I think what's really interesting is um, that the conditioning almost happens without us knowing and it's, I don't think people do it out of a malicious way. I think that's kind of like one thing. I personally, it's like someone's going to be a vegan. I don't, I think it's like, I think there is like that misconception. As me and you, Lyndon, we were talking mm. about on our mm. way here, we were like, mm. well, when we're sitting down, like you have some vegans who literally hop on the bandwagon. They're like, oh my God, you should be vegan. And stuff's up in mm. your face. Like, fuck you, you're horrible. Go to hell, you're eating meat. When really, I think important throughout this podcast, and like this message we're trying to share, or you know, this point we're trying to get across is kind of like we're not really trying to come from that position we're more yeah. coming from a position of where well especially from you more yeah. from my end getting into it and I'm going to probably share Absolutely. more down the line yeah. of where like we have actually become vegan but I actually mm. used to be a meat eater for all my life I've, I've mm. like I'm not someone who's like grew up vegan yeah you can't you, you cannot be hypocritical about it I mean sure, I have okay. blood on my hands for for 40 years of my life mm. and it's only the last two two years that I've actually realized and understood uh, what I was involved in, what as a consumer I was paying for. Because whenever you purchase these products, you are paying for this cruelty and this abuse to happen. I mean, I'm, I'm telling it like it is, but in no way am I judging anyone here because mm. that's hypocritical sure. and it's not, it's not going to be productive in any shape or form. Sure. All I'm trying to do is spell out um, what's going on in society, this, 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 this truth which is in plain sight mm. that I want people to understand and see that's, that's all I'm saying when I say sure. these things. It's, it's a very interesting kind of like triangle, the triad, or like this way of working in a sense. It's like you get like the meat producers, the farms, the, um, the places where this meat's produced, and you have it go through companies and stores. So let's say that's like Tesco, Sainsbury's, one of these types of companies, for example, or any, any food chain, for example. And they exist because consumers demand it, because people demand it. Not like literally demand it, but people want it, what they like. So businesses naturally will look quite people's wants and needs and they'll sell a service or a product based around that and i think where it's advertised to us you know burger king burger this lovely chicken meal mayonnaise all these things are advertised and it becomes almost so normal it's so normal it's like it's normal you don't think about it like like you don't think like if i'm sitting down and i'm, I'm not vegan i don't think it's bad to eat meat nor do i think it's bad like we enjoy it hey let's go for a burger man you hungry yeah burgers man let's do it I mean, it's like a sense of joy people get out of it. And I think there's nothing wrong with that joy. I think it's just when you become conscious of the amount of, one, suffering of animals, two, but also um, that. But I think it's like, I think that's the big shift where people are probably going to have to make is that animals do suffer and actually caring about the animal's suffering. Because, like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, the reason I become vegan, and this is, like, my truth, it's because of the health benefits and also the animals. When I watched the Gary Urowski speech and I seen the videos, I thought, gosh, enough animals being tortured like that at scale just isn't cool. It's not 
nice. And but I think that's over time. That's something that's probably going to develop more in me. So I don't expect my like myself to be like someone's like, oh my god, yeah, man, totally. Don't kill the animals. No, like for me, it's it's like it's not. It has to be natural with me. It has to flow with me. It has to grow within me. You know, and it has to become something rather than something. You no, know, I don't want to take it on as a belief, which we were saying. You know, because yeah, like, you, uh, we were saying this. You were saying not a belief. People think being a vegan is like some belief system. Like, oh, yeah, I'm vegan. This is a title that I can live by. You know, it's like, oh god, no. It's like something you become conscious of and you embrace and you grow into in a sense. And I think that is kind of the, the cool place to, for me anyway where I feel authentic. So it feels like I'm not coming from a place of belief or some kind of odd, you know, idiocratic dogma in a sense or some kind of something I should do. It's something I've, I've chose to do, something I feel like is natural and authentic and a part of, you know, my being and what I feel, uh, what I feel is um, good food to eat. And, what, and, I, that, and then also leaks into the health benefits, which... Um, in the last four days, since I've become vegan, and I plan, I'm going to keep you guys updated on this because I, I want to see how this works in a month. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel it is. Um, I'm, I feel great. I feel so much better. I can work out better. I sleep better. I can keep my dick up harder, stronger, and longer. Me and Erin were talking about this. So, girls, DM me. <laughs> gosh, jeez. God, um, yeah, I'll beat that one out. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, I mean, there's so many practical benefits to it, you know, and it's good for your health. I think that's how we're meant to eat as humans, you know. I think that's Absolutely. where we're kind of like designed to come from, and it's kind of like. Um... Can can I just step in and can I say that when people say veganism is a is a belief, I often feel like that's just a way of demoting it. Really, what what it boils down to, okay, is a moral stance based on scientific principles. I mean, in the end, okay, what is a holocaust? It's a destruction of individuals and on a mass scale isn't it so if two trillion marine animals and four billion land animals is not a holocaust then what is it and then you think well why do we indulge in using animal products well there are only four reasons for that which are very superficial when you weigh them up against the reasons why we shouldn't do it and the four reasons are taste habit tradition and convenience now, all I'm asking people to do, okay, I'm not, I'm not judging people, I'm just saying to people, if you could just take a few moments to look at this situation through the animal's eyes, look, at, look through the animal's eyes and yeah. have that empathy. I'm asking people to be empathetic and imagine what it's like for the animals. And the, probably one of the best things I could come up with, because it covers a lot of bases, okay, so the best thing I could focus on right now is the life of a dairy cow, because when a dairy cow, okay, produces milk, she doesn't just produce milk, as a lot of people seem to believe, dairy cows just produce milk all year long and it, it just comes from nowhere. No, because a dairy cow has got to be pregnant in order to produce milk. So that the way they do this, the dairy cow is artificially inseminated to have a baby because this is how they're going to create it. So when the dairy cow has a baby, if it's a male, then essentially it's taken away. It's used for veal or it's shot in the head and slashed across the throat. If it's a female, then it will be taken away and live the same life of its mother. Now that life involves being made pregnant maybe five times. And every time the child is taken away, um, then what happens is the mother will then pine for about a week. And it's one of the worst sounds that you'll ever hear. And that is a dairy cow crying out for a child. If you can imagine, if you're a woman, you can imagine you gave birth and then that child was taken away after you were raped in what they call a rape rack. Now after five years, the cow will literally just be no good to the um, dairy industry anymore. And they're called a downer. 
and they're taken away then. And spent dairy calves account for 50% of the meat used in this country. So these cows will then be taken away and used for cheap, low-grade meat, like sausage rolls and burgers and things like that. So all I'm asking people to do is to look through the animal's eyes, imagine that sort of life, and say to yourself, could, could I, would I, would I, could I imagine what that would be like if it was me in that position? What would be my thoughts on it? These are sentient animals. They have feelings. They cry out. They have very, they're mammals. They have very similar feelings and perceptions to ourselves. All right, that, that's interesting. Can, like, I think people don't, I, I, I don't really know. I, I kind of know it. Like they, have, they have feelings. They have thoughts. They, I don't have thoughts. But I, I mean, delve into what it means for an animal to be a sentient being. Because um, I guess that's the, I guess we think animals are stupid. Because I was just, I mean, I don't know. It's, I don't think we think animals are stupid. I just think there's, you don't take them as seriously as you, like, you don't, you wouldn't value them as much as we value ourselves. We're, we're taught not to care. It's something that we're taught um, from a young age. For sure. That's interesting. So, um, let's, let's kind of delve into some of the health benefits of being vegan. Um, there's a number of human health benefits. I know you've got a book you want to refer to. It's called uh, How Not to Die. So. <laughs> Um, there's you want to put more that one if you want to be a more joking, but you know, healthier. People take many routes into veganism, and what got me engaged in it in the first instance was um, health. So I watched a documentary called, and all these documentaries are now available on YouTube if you want to look them up. Um, what the Health is a fantastic documentary because it outlines the serious health benefits from going vegan. So I did a lot of research, and there's some amazing plant-based doctors out there. And all of their research is based on peer-reviewed science. And all of the dietetic associations around the world, including the biggest one in America, which has 100,000 doctors on board, all agree that a vegan diet is suitable for all stages of life. But it's not only that. People do not realize that you can absolutely thrive on a vegan diet. Um, and what one diet I would recommend, if you're going in from a, a health aspect, but don't get me wrong, there's a lot of amazing um, you know, vegan junk foods available on the market right now. But from a health yeah, aspect... Shout out, shout out Greasy Vegan. Greasy Vegan, vegan yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, met, I met the guy who owned that, I forgot his name, but I mean, I got, I got a uh, cheeseburger there the other day, five pound, so good. It could have been a bit bigger, but it was great. It was a great burger. Like, the size of it could have been a bit bigger, but it was quite fitting, it was nice. That's opposite Cardiff Castle, and yeah, you made the point of saying five pound. People are going to say, well, that's a bit expensive. Right, well, from the point of view that we shouldn't be eating these things all the time anyway, because they're dreadful for us... Um, and, and secondly, would you, wouldn't you rather pay a couple of extra pounds to know that an animal's not being tortured and suffered for you to... Because essentially, it's for your taste pleasure. So it's, not, it's never a, a personal choice, really, is it, if somebody else is involved? That's sure. That's if you, go, if you go like Tesco and supermarkets, you can probably cook these up yourself for a lot cheaper than the actual do. I mean, they're a business, so they want to like raise the prices slightly because it's more of a niche product, so people would be willing to pay it. But I mean, not to be like... But yeah, I mean, you could go, you could make the stuff yourself, probably, if you go from Tesco. But Greasy Vegan's awesome, though. Like, shout out Greasy Vegan. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and people think that eating healthy on a vegan diet is expensive. Some of the cheapest foods you can get are vegan foods. And I'll just read through a list on the Daily Dozen, which is the Dr. Gregor recommended list of foods you should eat. And there's an app you can look for, Dr. Gregor's Daily Dozen. I would encourage people to look for it. Um, and go on YouTube, because he's got an amazing site as well called nutritionfacts.org, and he's got many YouTube videos. But... The Daily Dozen comprises of beans, berries, other fruits, cruciferous vegetables, greens, other vegetables, flax seeds, nuts, spices, whole grains, beverages, and exercise. Now, this diet has been proven to heavily tackle, I mean, heavily tackle, the 15 major causes of right, death. I'm really listening to this now. Okay. This, this is, 
This is one of the main reasons. This is like top three reasons why I became vegan. And I think this, it, like honestly, if, if you want to like do something, if you want to like have an impact, if you want to be positive, if you want to like at least have a healthy life knowing you're going to reduce the risks of your cancer or your diseases or anything like that, which I'll let you delve into. Absolutely. Which, you know, can happen anyway. That's life. But at least reduce your risks and enjoy the life you have and try and make the most of it and then go wherever you're going to go into the eternal universe. But yes, tell them, tell them the... Uh, and tell them what this is about being vegan and why it helps so much. Okay, well, I'll just run quickly because there's so much information. So please, guys, go out and see if you can get it on eBay or Amazon. That's How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger. I'll, but, I'll have a link below. But he's got chapters on all of these potential diseases that you can avoid or drastically reduce. Um, I'm going to go from the bottom up. And the one, if I can pronounce it, <laughs> you know, is chapter 15 in the book, which is... Um, iatrogenic causes. Now, essentially what that is, because you're on a vegan diet, you're going to be a lot healthier. So if you're not healthier, what does that mean? Well, that means that you're going to avoid the doctor. Now, if you go to the doctor, people have no idea how many people are dying every single year as a direct result of their of going to the doctor. So if you don't eat properly and you don't prevent these diseases, you're going to the doctor. And let me quote some American statistics here because I'm quoting out this book. Side effects from medication given in hospitals kill an estimated 106,000 Americans every single year. An additional 7,000 people die every year from receiving the wrong medication by mistake. And 20,000 others die from other hospital errors. There's 99,000 deaths each year due to hospital-acquired infections. So, So this is like hospitals where you could die if you go to hospital. So what I'm saying is... If you can avoid going to the doctors in the first place, that in itself is an incredible reduction in your risk of death and will greatly affect your mortality. 12,000 Americans die from complications due to surgeries that weren't even necessary in the first place. And that, and for those keeping score, that's more than 200,000 people dead from the so-called iotrogenic causes. And that's from the ancient Greek iotris, meaning doctor. So doctors kill, in America, about... 200,000 people right there, okay? And the Institute of Medicines estimates that medical errors may kill even more Americans, up to 98,000, bringing the total annual death count closer to 300,000. So that gets that out of the way. So the other ones that you can avoid on a vegan diet, and you can get this book and you can go into a lot more detail, Parkinson's disease. Right, so being a vegan will help you reduce your chances of Parkinson's. You can reduce Parkinson's right. disease considerably on a vegan diet. Prostate cancer, I'm absolutely amazed that, when that's, I... That's the ball cancer, right? Yeah, that's right. I've, I've literally talked to people on the street um, for the uh, UK prostate cancer charity, and I was amazed they just didn't even recognise milk as causing a problem, and there is so much research to back up that prostate cancer, absolutely, um, it, there's a huge link towards drinking milk. Um Suicidal depression, within two weeks of being on a vegan diet, right, you will reduce the inflammation in your body and you can reduce um, depression. And there's studies you can refer to in this book. Uh, by 30% within two weeks, you can reduce the symptoms of depression, okay? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Cause, like, from my personal experience, I'm about four days in and, like, I do feel a bit more freer in my body. So, therefore, if I feel better in my body, like, I'm not going to be suicidal. And you feel better in yourself. You feel spiritually happier in yourself as well, which has a huge um, impact on your state of mind. Um, Also, there's breast cancer, which is heavily linked to um, eating meat and dairy. Um, Kidney disease. Again, you can get all the details. It would just go on for way too long if I went to all these details. So if you know, if if you're prone to these diseases, they're in your family, 
That means cancer's in everyone's family. You can reduce your overall risk of cancer by 19% without going to any details. That's overall. So there's kidney disease, blood cancers, liver diseases, high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, which the biggest, biggest problem with diabetes is fat, not sugar. It's fat. People really need to, to look into this. Everyone's thinking, oh, I've got to reduce my sugar intake, and they're taking in lots of fat. No, really start thinking about fat. Read this book. Infections, well, that is absolutely so far-reaching because we're, we're pumping animals full of antibiotics. So if we're pumping animals full of antibiotics, that means that we are going to have one massive defense gone, so we won't be able to protect ourselves, okay? And there are many other infections that we're going to be more prone to anyway. So when we're actually um, taking in animal products, um, digestive cancers, particularly colon cancer, colon cancer can be massively reduced on a vegan diet. Brain diseases, um, all sorts of brain diseases like Alzheimer's, various others can be reduced on a vegan diet. Lung diseases and the number one killer of human beings, the thing that kills more people than cancer and war combined is heart disease. And you know what? There's some very good news here. You can be bulletproof from heart disease. All you have to do is eat a good vegan diet, a good healthy vegan diet. I would recommend the Daily Dozen. And you can re and get regular exercise, which is part of the Daily Dozen routine. And you can reduce your chances of getting heart disease from 50-50, okay, to 4%. Wow. 4%. If I came up with a drug that could reduce your risk of heart disease from 50-50 to 4%, you can imagine, can you? It would be all over the newspapers. But what do we see in the newspapers? Statins, you know, there's not enough people taking statins in the UK. Statins are there to reduce cholesterol. Let me give you some good news. There is no cholesterol in a vegan diet. None at all. And this is, and I'm not going to go into all the details. You can pick all these up in the book. This is one of the main reasons. I mean, there's other things like saturated fat. Obviously, that's not good. Trans fatty acids. These are the things that you find in animal products, Okay. That this is one of the main, main reasons that people die, by far. So once you go into a vegan diet, you can almost eradicate this. You can almost be bulletproof from it. Um, and something else, there's a big, big myth going on about you need protein. Um, you can get all your protein from a vegan diet. Animal protein has been proven in several studies um, to cause cancer. Um, there's an old study called the China Study, which is an old study which was actually set up by an emperor. You can get a book on this. And he proved um, with this huge study, the biggest of its kind at the time, that cancer is, there was a huge link between, with that and meat. Um, they had 22 experts from the World Health Organization from 10 different countries look at 800 studies. They all proved categorically that red meat and processed meat cause cancer. If you go onto Cancer Research website, you'll see it's there. The truth is in plain sight. You only have to look at it. If you've got cancer in your family, if you are fearful of cancer, please try to prevent it. I'm not saying you can eradicate cancer. Sure, there's lots of other things that can give you cancer. There's things in the environment, there's chemicals. But the thing is, as I say, do you really want to go crossing a busy road with a blindfold on? Because that mm. is what you're doing every time you go out and you daily consume these products because there is any number of things that can go wrong and, and cause a serious detriment to your health. For sure. That is a really brilliant summarization of, you know, the health benefits of being a vegan. And I think now probably the main main concern, I guess a lot of people who are becoming who may consider becoming vegan, who should become vegan, in my personal opinion, although it's really down to them. Um, what would be the kind of step by step guide to becoming vegan, especially buying food and getting food? That's nutritious, filling, delicious, and consistent. And you can also have a bit of variety, like because I, I was really surprised that like, you can get some really, you can get vegan Ben and Jerry's. Like you can, um, 
yeah, you can get like vegans Ben and Jerry's. You can get like you know vegan meats, which are fake. They're not even real meats, but you know you could get like I don't know if you like bacon, you can get bacon veganers, vegan bacon. You can get um, probably get even vegan vegan burgers. You can get like and it tastes really good as well. You know, I'm I'm saying this as like a meat eater five days ago. I'm not saying this as like six seven days ago. I'm saying this as someone who's like recently decided to become vegan and I've tried a lot of vegan foods and I can say it does taste really good but in the position I'm in I'm thinking about well how will I starve how will I, I make my food be really filling delicious and tasty and how do you budget and kind of like manage the whole process of doing that in your experienced opinions for someone who may consider becoming vegan or would be very interested in going along the vegan route well, what I would say to anyone who is uh, looking to take up veganism and they, you know, they've taken on board the, the ethical message and they realize how, you know, they've taken five minutes maybe to look through the animal's eyes. Maybe they've seen somebody, they've seen some footage from a save and they've seen these animals in the back of the, the lorries and they've made that connection because there's such a dis- disconnect at the moment. And, you know, people do not making that connection. They don't realize that these animals have feelings, they're sentient beings. What I would then advise people to do um, and they realize what we're doing to the environment and obviously their health also. So there's so many good reasons to take this on. What I would advise you to do is to look at Challenge 22, um, which you can get by looking online through Google. You can also pick them up on Facebook. Um, there's a quarter of a million people already that have used this. And what it actually does, you'll get free mentorship. So it costs you no money whatsoever. Um, you'll get online guidance by mentors and registered dietitians free of charge. Nice. Um, it's a very friendly and supportive environment. Um, there's plenty of fabulous recipes that you can get on here. There's all sorts of ideas. Um, there's shopping lists that you can look at and pick up from there. They can probably educate you far better than myself. And there's also all these specific um, issues that people might have. There's frequently asked questions. And there's also specific advisors that might talk to you. Say, for example, you're an athlete and you're concerned about you know, am I going to get enough protein or what yeah, have you? Any that, that was a big one for me, like getting like my nice, nice levels of protein and still grow my muscles and grow my bones as well. Because I know like my brother, he grown by like three inches when he was 22 and my dad grew by two inches when he was 21. So we, t- my family has been a lot of lo- gro- late growth spurts. And for somebody who wants to grow and is growing, and like people who are just growing and still in their bodies growing stage, Online, I've done some research. They say, well, the things that do help is milk. The things that do help is chicken. The things that do help are eggs. However, and fishy, fishy, like oily fishes. How do you make, like, what, what role does, like, veganism, does it stunt growth? Does it help growth? Right, you're talking about DHA, EPA. What I would, what, what I would advise people to do, there's, there's a few things you can do. Um, I would advise people to take flaxseed in their oats in the morning because whole grains is a big part of a great diet because obviously we need carbs, we need starchy right, what, what, foods. What's, what's flaxseed? Flaxseed you can pick up in Aldi, you can pick up in the supermarket. It's been directly linked to uh, preventing cancer, um, particularly breast cancer in one study I was looking at. Um, you want to put about a tablespoon in the study they were only using a teaspoon but i always put about a tablespoon to get the good oil nice. you, ideally you want to avoid oil if you can oil's right. really bad for you there's a lot of research to back this up is now there a vegan oil you could get or just like even you just need oil. to avoid it completely yeah. you need to get you, you uh, don't get me wrong i'm not saying i would never say to people don't eat junk food da, da, da. do what you feel comfortable with the main thing as far as i'm concerned is that you're doing something ethical and to be perfectly honest I get oil in my diet all the time. It's such a difficult thing to avoid. Mm. If you can cut it down, that's great. That's what I try to do. All I'm saying is be mindful of it. Yeah. If you want to religiously cut it out your diet, great. I applaud you for that. 
I can't do it. I've tried to do it. Yeah. I'm out and about. I'll go in the Greece and vegan. I'll enjoy something there. So in the end, all I'm concerned about personally is ethics. I'm sure. concerned that we're not paying to get pe- get steak on our plate and cheese in our food that's causing animals to suffer or we're not buying products like leather jackets or fur. The fur industry is abhorrent. It's all abhorrent as far as I'm concerned. No animal should be bred into slavery. Can you imagine if the day you were born, somebody had predicted the day of, they, they decided the day of your execution? Um, and it's not just that, it's done in the most awful ways. I don't mean to go off on a tangent there. Sure, no, you are, um, you are right. But, but um, yeah, so, but regards to y- your food, yeah, I, I didn't have any guidance at all when I went vegan, really, other than just watching a documentary. I went to the supermarket, I thought, what's whole, what's natural? Mm. Um, how can I get enough carbohydrates? How can I get enough protein? And I thought it through for myself. I never really thought to go on Challenge 22, but I would thoroughly recommend it. Mm. Right, so, like, what, what are some of your favourite foods? Like, some fa- favourite meals, sort of, like, when you begin your week, do you, like, have, like, meals prepped out, or, like, how, how do you go about eating I- I used to count the calories a bit. I'll be honest, like my my second day of doing it, like it came to dinner time and I literally just had to have pasta and Nando sauce, which like kind of yeah. sucked. It wasn't nice. But it was like, you know, it fills me, but I was just like, oh, man. It, it was nice, but I mean, it wasn't like, it's not what I want for dinner. You know what I mean? Right. What I would say um, is I'm not going to say meat tastes horrible because this is why people are so hopelessly addicted to it. They put things in like monosodium glutamate and all the rest of it. Um... You can cook some incredible vegan food, and I'm not saying it's quite as convenient. It will take a little bit more of an effort. What I'm saying is you will be living um, a lifestyle which is altruistic. You're considering the environment. You're considering um, the hum- there's a lot of human rights issues that come up in this, as well as the ethics, which we're, I'm primarily about, of animals. Um, there's people in the third world who are going to be literally pushed out of their homes. There's going to be climate refugees. There's people who've got to work in these slaughterhouses on antidepressants as well. So think about all these things. But when you are actually going on to a vegan diet, just as I say, look at um, Dr. Greger's Daily Dozen. Go on to a group like, say, for example, uh, Cardiff Vegans. Depends where you are. There'll be lots of people on there and they'll advise you. They will on Vegan Challenge 22. But there will be lots of people on there and advise you what the latest foods are out. The more people go vegan, vegan the more... Vegan 22, right? Uh, challenge 22. Challenge 22. Yeah. Okay, yeah, just type in Challenge 22 and it'll come up. Um, if you KFC have recently um, released uh, a vegan option. No way. Uh, yeah, you can now get KFC chicken, which I, I I I believe it's baked instead of deep fried, so it's healthier in, well, in it's many vegan. respects. And it's vegan. Oh, yeah, I'm going there for lunch. Yeah, though. brilliant. I'm that's so hungry. that's just that's I I, I, I believe as much as I'm against these institutions. No, no, I, I'm not going to be on these ones. Go for it. Vegan chicken. I want to try it out. I hope, I hope it impresses. They had their date moved because it was so popular when they first released it. Right. They had to move it forward. They could not keep up with demand. These these options are so profitable and lucrative to these industries. And we need to keep it that way. I'm not going to say to anyone, don't go and buy a vegan burger in McDonald's because yeah, of right. Tyson Foods causes dead zones, destroys the environment, and all this horrendous cruelty. I'm going to say go and buy it. They've got such a far reach. We need to support these industries. Yeah, we need to support the movement. I, I Actually, I really agree with you there. I think you touch on such an important point. I think like a lot of the times it's so easy to be like, oh, these industries are terrible and they watch a lot of the time they have really terrible practices and not really conscious. But, you know, if consumers and people demand them become more conscious, let's help them become more conscious because they have to scale, they have to reach, they have the resources. 
they could become more conscious and people will actually back it. Be like, hey, we, we would like to see that. They will. They respond. Every business will always respond to consumers' demand. Unless they're crazy and want to fall out of business. So I think, yeah, if McDonald's are making vegan burgers and KFC are making vegan, I don't know, burgers, then great. Drop it there. You know, and like let's 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 help these businesses become more conscious in a sense, which I think is, I think is great. It's worth also mentioning. I would um, personally prefer to uh, support the smaller, for sure, vegan yeah. businesses. Um, like the Greasy Vegan is a smaller vegan business, for sure. Or you've you've got like very list, various little uh, vegans, like Simply V in the arcade in town. I would try to support these smaller vegan businesses, but I would certainly not dissuade anyone. Um, you know, if it's a convenience for you, you happen to be near KFC or McDonald's, and you've just gone vegan, you think I can't go in there. By all means, do because it's going to encourage other people to go vegan. If everyone just stopped buying these products, uh, it would it would simply cause them to stop making them. Um, there's Subway have got an option now, which is really good. Uh, there's options cropping up all over the place. There's actually battles going on now with the big four. Sainsbury's are really starting to battle now to get a better vegan range. That's what we want to do. We want to get them fighting, battling. We want whole aisles devoted to vegan food. That's what we want. So we've got to support these organisations. As much as as much as much I dislike and disapprove about what Tesco have done, um, in many instances, uh, like with Hogwarts campaign that Viva launched, horrendous cruelty, which they've, they've, they've turned their back on. But I'm still not going to turn my back on their vegan products because we've got to, we've got to keep these things going. We've got to make, cause them to, to grow and expand. And by 2025, we could have something like 25% of this country vegan and vegetarian. We're not going to do that if we don't purchase these things. And when that happens, that's when you're going to see dramatic change start to happen. Uh, sure, I think, yeah. Explain that. Maybe like the knock-on effects of like a lot of people become vegetarian and vegan in like almost every aspect. How do you think it's going to affect different aspects of life? How do you think it knocks on being a vegan in terms of people... I think a fundamental aspect you just made me, made me want to touch on, how does it affect people? Well, as I said before, we're going to have climate change refugees. What people don't consider, because it's not in the mainstream media, that's, yeah, that's people just follow the, they follow the tribe. They do what other people do. I'm asking people, you know, don't take my word for it. Please just stop. Um, go on YouTube. Look at the best yeah, speech man. you'll ever hear by Gary Yorofsky. Look at what the hell. Look at Cowspiracy, Forks Over Knives, Land of Hope and Glory, Dominion, Earthlings. Look at all these things. Look at these resources that are out there. Educate yourself and make an informed decision about what you do. Remember that 13% of climate change as we see it now is from transport. 18% of climate change emissions are from animal agriculture. But when you take into account the destruction of the Amazon rainforest, we're taking away our carbon sinks and our ability to limit the damage. So it actually equates to 51% of the climate change problem. That's not something we should be ignoring. It's fantastic right now that they, we've got groups like Extinction Rebellion joining up with animal rights groups. So that's going to cause the message to spread. And I did, criti- I got to be honest, I criticized Extinction Rebellion for, for their, their view on veganism initially. But I understand now that um, things are starting to come together and people within the movement now, within the much bigger, broader environmental movement with all of their numbers, they're getting very much infiltrated and led by vegans and it's causing the message to spread. So what they're doing is great work. We've got to support it. It's great what they're doing. They're trying to cut down emissions from transport and other things um, from from factories and trying to stop to keep the oil in the ground. These are all great things, but they need to be supported by a vegan diet. And that is infiltrating its way through these organizations, which is, is wonderful news. So I fully support what Extinction Rebellion are doing. And I think any sort of judgment against that organization, organization is, is a bad thing and it's detrimental to the cause. That's interesting. 
That's very interesting. So, um, what do you think about? I was in a at McCaffrey the other day, and it's in Cardiff, and um, they were. T- I was talking to one of the guys who worked there. Um, I won't say his name because obviously I don't really want to say his name on the podcast. Okay. I think that's fair enough. Um, unless you wanted to get shout out, shout out, beep. <laughs> okay. Um, so basically, he uh, was talking about um, he has something called the Himza diet, and in the Himza diet. Basically, it's the same as being vegan and vegetarian. However, they will have cow's milk and eggs as long as the cows and egg, chickens are in protected environments where they're treated fairly and it won't be killed. Right. I'm. What do you think about that? I'm I guess- so, so glad that you've touched upon this very important issue. Welfareism is... People some, may see that as like an alternative. No, well. there, there, there is no alternative. It's like saying, let's have happy slaves, and it never actually comes to fruition. It, you cannot do it. I mean, if I was going to kill you, if I said, all right, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put you in a bigger room before I kill you. Would you be like, okay, fair enough, that's fine. I'm in a bigger room. I'm not studying my own shit. I'm happy with that. I think the point they were making is that like, they won't be killed. They will actually have a life. Ah, okay, well... So they're not going to kill the animals at all. I, 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 still, I get what you're saying. I've yeah. actually heard about this process... And you are still commodifying, you're still commodifying animals. You're still using them as slaves. Um, it's still inappropriate. It's still bad for the animals. It still does them no good. And you can also argue, which I think is a very important point, that once we start putting animals into bigger fields, bigger pastures, any kind of animal agriculture is completely wrong. But how can you then justify it when it's having a more a more massive impact on the environment? Okay, go into that. So... Well, essentially, already we've got 200 species every single day becoming extinct because of the choices, our food choices, our food choices alone. Now, if that's not enough to move you to think that one species is eradicating 200 species, that is the scale of what we're doing. That is plants, fish, animals across the board when I talk about species. So if you want to start thinking, oh, let's find you know better welfare, which I completely 100% disagree with anyway, Um, then what you're going to do is you are going to then be creating a situation where we're going to be accelerating that process. So there is no right way to do the wrong wrong thing. It's it's as simple as that. Um, These animals still suffer. Um, It it doesn't work as a process. It never is going to work. We need to stop messing about with animals. If it's not your mum, it's not your milk. We should stop trying to take it. It's inherently bad for the human body. It causes prostate cancer, diabetes. You know, it's, it's full of saturated fat. There's pus in milk, by the way. There's an eyedropper full of pus yeah, in every yeah, glass yeah. of milk. Do we really want to be taking that on? It's not yeah. designed for the human body. It never has been. So, it, you know, it's really, really case closed. Should we be eating these things in the beginning? No, we should not be exploiting animals. We should, we should, there's still suffering going on. I don't care what you say. These animals are still going to suffer. There's no right way to do it. That's very interesting. I think like, um, I think as well, you know, with um, with with uh, the animals. Explain like the products that actually come out, where they come from. So cow's milk, right? Comes okay. From where the chicken egg? Where does that come from? But, I mean, obviously, meat's yeah. obviously it's yeah. their flesh. That's... You cut their flesh and you heat up to eat. Yeah. Basically, it's like someone taking your flesh and yeah. heat it up to eat. In a sense, it's like the same thing. It's just a different animal. It's like we're the dominant animal because we can communicate absolutely more, because we because we build yeah. better things really because yeah. we have you know and that's why we do it. But like. It's still the same process of eating flesh and burning it. So, I mean, explaining the process of, like, where the actual foods come from. I'm amazed in this century with all our te- technical, uh, technological prowess that we still think it's acceptable when we fully understand what we're actually doing to, to continue to do these things, okay? But, you know, let, you know I'm talking, let's go, let's go right down to how it actually happens then. So when we get eggs, 
Um, there's something I was dead set against, and every vegan involved went in Vegan Runners was dead set against it, when Parkrun was sponsored by an organization called Happy Eggs. So let me explain about these Happy Eggs and where they come from, where every egg comes from. Um, when we have, unless you want to talk about, well, domesticated chickens, that's another subject which I disagree with, but when you have eggs, there's only one way you're going to get eggs, okay? Essentially, the chicks, when they're born, they're fed down a conveyor belt and we separate out the boys because the boys are surplus to requirements. The industry does not need them. They'll take a few maybe for breeding. So they keep the females, they get to keep the females and they take away the majority of the males. So the males will then go down a conveyor belt and they will be fed into a big blender. On their first day of life, they are fed into a big blender. Thousands upon thousands of them. I mean, if you think I'm messing it, making this up, then please go online and, and do some research. And so... Essentially, in order for us to eat eggs, we are taking lives away from, from birth. Um, it's not just that, though. Something like, I think it's 8.3 million chickens every year are then boiled alive for us to eat chicken, which has been closely, very, very closely linked to liver cancers and pancreatic cancer. What the hell are we doing yeah. eating these products that are killing people? So it, to me, it's a human rights issue. We are educating people to believe that these things are acceptable for them to eat. Um, in the process, we're destroying innocent life. Um, I mean, do you, can you, when you go out and you purchase these eggs, you, people really need to stop disconnecting. They need to make the connection. You are paying for millions upon millions. You're paying towards millions, millions upon millions of chicks to be blended alive, or they are put into bags and suffocated, or they are gassed to death on their first day of life. Um, that's just the egg industry. Um, which is shocking. Um, we, we, we can, sorry, yeah, that's really interesting. We consume a lot of meat, right? We, we eat a lot of stuff. Where where did it start? Because I guess that's the important I, I can tell you. Where and why did it start? Right. I guess there was more, there was very valid reasons, maybe back then, where, like, gosh, what we can eat. We need to, we need to like, just try this and live. Like, now okay. it's like, there's, there's so many options, you actually don't have to. But I mean, but it's on why, so I'm not, I'm not really... Okay, so all right, yeah, yeah. Um, initial interpretation. If you go back to when we first started eating meat, um, ironically, this ties in with where, with where man got his love affair for dogs. Because when we used to capture our meat, we used to, we used to sleep in our caves or wherever we used to go. And we used to be worried about being attacked by dogs in the night. So what we used to do is we used to take all the scraps of meat we had and we'd leave them on the edge of the camp so that when the dogs came along... They, they, would, they, would, they, would, they would go for the meat instead of going for us while we were sleeping in the night. And interestingly, that's where we got our love affair for dogs, which are now not a natural animal. Again, they're something that's been bred um, and engineered, like all these chickens that grow naturally big and their legs snap and everything else. But I'm not going to go off on a tangent with that. Mm. So, yeah, so meat essentially was very useful at one time. It's a dirty fuel. It's no good for our bodies. Our bodies are engineered. So meat was used as a deterrent for other animals. It was. At one time, we used to, we used to eat meat as a dirty fuel. And we used to we used to eat it in in a way where we could we could we could spread it was it was a lot of energy in meat it was a very quick um, source of energy we we could kill a large animal what you've got to consider is that the animals that we used to catch fish and we used to fish anything that would fly anything that would swim you know anything that would run we would kill but what and we would eat and it, you know, as I said a valuable um, source of energy but something else that you've got to consider is on top of all of this and that does back in the you know, in the paleo Paleoithic times, and we've been doing it for thousands of years. But you know, there's a there's, we've got moral agency now. We realise that we're destroying the planet. It's no longer a viable food source because it's we're using doubly 
uh, uh, sustainable resources in order to do it. We have abundance, we have moral agency, and the most unnatural thing you could possibly imagine is a farm, where which is exactly akin to the Holocaust. You know, if you look back at the Holocaust, the reason, it's not a coincidence, that Israel and Germany are two of the most vegan places you can go now, because historically they have taken on the message more than anybody um, although Gary Orofsky has been a big influence in Israel, I will admit that. But I think the reason they took on the message so greatly was because of that. So I don't want to go off on a tangent. But right. what I'm saying is, in essence, I'll just um, get down to brass tacks. We used meat back in the day, years ago, because it was a very uh, useful food source. There was lots of calories, but we still had to cook it to, to eat it. You can't really eat it without cooking it. But but nowadays, it's no good for us. We Our bodies... We've got the wrong length gut. We cannot process it properly. We're the only carnivorous, so-called carnivorous mm. animal on the planet that gets atherosclerosis, that gets heart disease. Surely, that, you know, we're the only so-called carnivorous animal whose jaws grind from side to side. Surely that should raise some questions in maybe our diet is wrong. If you look at the BMI of people now, you've really got to go onto the street and look around. The average yeah. BMI is way too high. Sure, people talk about protein. Um. You know, and they want to be more concerned about fiber. They want to be more concerned about excessive saturated fat. Protein deficiency is so rare, many doctors have never seen a single case. So it just goes to show how biased people are. They pay no consideration to the dreadful diseases that are so prevalent in an NHS, which is on its knees. They pay no attention to that. They're too busy focusing on what they like to do day to day, and they do not want to feel bad about their food choices. Yeah, no, you make a really interesting point. And, um, one of the things that you just said is um, there's so much bias towards protein. It's protein being like the number one metric for food success. So mm. there's, obviously, you need protein, protein is important, but you need a diverse number of things, such as fiber, for example, is one of the things you touched on. Um, also, I think what's quite interesting is that within our culture, we, um, the fact there are a lot more obese people. Like, I was, I'm doing a project now for Fitbit, and I'm like packaging up the Fitbit product for employers to use in their workforce for well-being programs which i think is important but there has never been more obese people in, in i think human history because really you gotta think we have such our lifestyles compared to our ancestors and where we've come from is it's, it's getting it's better and it's going to get better i think in terms of our our um our immediate comfort so to speak is like or immediate safety but it's, it's more like we have homes we have cars we're sitting down we have jobs and like you know it's almost like it's so easy to so I'm being serious, and it's like uh, you know, like all these like body positivity places. Like, yeah, you should. I, I believe you should. You should value your body, and you should like your body wherever you are, and you should accept accept the position you're in, and you shouldn't you should hate your body. That's for sure. Don't get into like a self hatred kind of thing. But I think realizing that like it's good to work on your own health, and realizing that where you're going is what you should like more, and like you know, you should you should um you should like the process. I think it's important. I think vegan's a great way to lose a lot of weight. Think as well, and um, I was really interesting. I want to get into this now. I think that there's a number of reasons why I'm vegan, and why I'm going to continue being vegan. Let's talk about the tasty foods. What tasty foods can you get that are actually vegan? Let's make this fun. What's some of the fun foods which we all love, which you can have as well as a vegan? You're not going to miss out. Absolutely, you I'm can. Thinking like chocolate cake, like um, I'm thinking uh, cereals. You still have cereal? You have cocoa pops, right? You can you can veganize. Anything oh, yeah, you sure. can go, you can go into. I went into. So, an, so that, that's an interesting one. 
every type of food can be veganized. Pretty Absol- much. Absolutely. There you go. That's a very important point. Every every type of food can be veganized. You're not actually going to lose the food. It's just going to be vegan now. It's the same food. You've got things like coconut ice cream. I went into an Indian the other day and I specifically requested that my food be veganized. It was the most tasty, amazing food. I had a chat with the manager. I said, you know what? That food you veganized there is sensational. I said, um, could you please um, add something to the menu? Could you say, we do vegan options? I said, just down the road, we've got a vegan cafe opening. It's just wonderful to see all these establishments cropping up. And it's getting rid of this convenience issue. It's getting rid of this taste issue. So in the end, we're only going to be left with tradition and habit. And they are two non, and it's all nonsensical arguments. But we, the, the war, the war is being win. It's been one. I think people need to start getting on the right side of history. But when we're talking into, you've got Oreos, you've got Oreos, you've got, as I said, we said earlier, you've got like the greasy vegan, you've gone to Iceland, they've got a, they've got a massive range of options. Um, as, as you said earlier, Ben and Jerry's have now got an amazing range of options. I'm going to buy going some for lunch. Yeah, I went I'm to sure, just, I'm on a sugar diet as well. I try yeah. to get under 25 grams a day. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough good. as well, but yeah, carry on. I went to the cinema the other day and they were showing all these options they've got now in the cinema. And it was actually, they, they were proudly advertising the fact they've got vegan ice cream in the cinema. It is absolutely sensational how the movement is gaining so much ground, gaining so much momentum. So um, the quicker people can turn to this way of life, the better, because, you know, there's, no, there's not really any excuse anymore to say, oh, I can't get the foods I like. Um, there's so many accidentally vegan foods that, you know, there's some wonderful, there's some wonderful dark chocolate. There's Ombar, which is a sensational alternative to milk chocolate, which a friend of mine now, she has Ombar instead of dairy milk because dairy milk was something she struggled to give up. So you are inundated with resources. If you go to your local vegan groups and you ask there, say, oh, I want such and such, where can I get it? Say, put in a recommendation. They'll tell you precisely. If you go to Challenge 22, you go online and say, look, what can I eat? I like this. What alternatives? They will tell you the very best alternative that are available. And they are absolutely exploding now. It's becoming such a lucrative market. Absolutely sensational. Everywhere you go now on the high street, there is somewhere. There was Greg's. They had. They were inundated. They could not sell enough Greg sausage rolls. More oh, recent. so good. Absolutely My amazing. One the other day. She goes, oh, you're vegan now. I have this sausage roll. She's like, no, it's vegan. I tried it. I was like, oh my god, it's lovely. And so tasty. Go to Aldi, £1.19, you can get four sausage rolls for 30 pence each. It's so much cheaper as well. Yeah, yeah it? it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. It, the, yeah. the prices are coming down now because as this market grows, they, they're competing against each other now. So the sure. prices are, are coming down. And the more people go out and they support these products, the more vegans are created, the, the better, sure. the, you know. I and think, it, yeah, I think the more people are vegan as well, and like you see more people shopping for vegan food, people will naturally pick up on it because there's that knock-on effect. And, what once was niche becomes very mass because everyone said, like, oh, you're eating vegan. Oh, no, my mum's eating vegan. Oh, my, my granddad, my brother, my sister, okay, I'm going to try vegan food. And before you know, I'm a vegan too. And I think eventually it's going to become very uncool to eat. Absolutely. Like, it's um, going to look very uncool. And that's, I think that's like the big cultural shift. We've only seen the next 50 years, probably 40 years. It's going to be very uncool. And I think it's either going to become very uncool or it's going to become very unsustainable. It's not going to be good to eat. Like, why are you eating? You know what that does to the environment. But, but there's a meat tax now, which is inevitable. Um, I hear Ed talking about this the other day. Flow with the times, man. Flow with the times. There's going to be a carbon tax coming in as well. So the, the environmental message now is, is really... They're having to listen because there's so many people standing up and shouting out about this. Um, Extinction Rebellion done such massive good, um, as have all the animal rights movements. We're all sort of working together and people are starting to wake up now and realise the vegan message and how important it is and that they can have... The, the most dramatic difference you can have in terms of 
everything really um, is to go vegan in terms of the, your carbon footprint, in terms of your mark on the earth, that your fact you're doing everything practically possible to avoid suffering. I mean, I've heard many times people come up with all these millions of excuses, and there's actually something you can see if you want to look at those. There's something called a hundred and where is it? Where is it? Uh, did, 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 um, the excuses speech, and that covers a lot of them. You can find that on YouTube. Right. So, so Linda's actually given me the business card for Anonymous for Voiceless. So on this, I'll have all the different speeches and all the different content you'll see, which I'm still going to go through some myself. There's also a support page resources and must reads. So I'm going to upload a picture afterwards for you guys to actually That's get awesome. one. You can have a look at online. So you can even contact uh, contact contact yeah. Anonymous. Yeah. If if you, if anybody Karen. has listened to this, if you're already vegan. Or you become vegan, and maybe some sort of the, which is fantastic. Well done! It's the best thing you can do for yourself, the planet, and certainly, well, prior mainly for animals. That's what we're all about. So, if you're all about animals and you, you're not happy about what's going on, you've watched some of these videos. You've watched the Greg Yurovsky speech, the best speech we'll ever hear. You're not standing for it anymore. You think, oh my goodness me, I was so disconnected. I've woken up now. Well, go on Facebook, uh, look for AV Cardiff, look for AV Newport, get in contact. My name's Lyndon Tudor-Maisie. You can contact me directly on Facebook. Uh, I can discuss whatever, whatever questions you've got. I can discuss them with you. Um, you can sign up. You can have a look at what we're all about. You can come along. You can stand in the cube. You can, you can shadow. Please get involved. I, I think everyone should get involved. Um, there's a fantastic speech that Earthling Ed done. If essentially you're walking down the road and you see somebody hitting a dog with a stick, um, you've got three options. You can go along, and if you're an omnivore, you can pick up another stick and start hitting the dog as well. Um, essentially, um, if you're vegan, what you can essentially do is think, well, I'm not going to partake in that and cross the road and carry on going. Or you can get, which I believe myself is a moral imperative, you can say, actually, I'm not going to stand for that. I'm not happy about that dog being hitting. It's completely wrong. You can go over there, you can grab the stick off him, you can say, you're going to stop hitting that dog and you're going to stop him. That is what being an activist is. So I would encourage people to engage in activism. Uh, first and foremost, though, I would encourage people to take the vegan path and become vegan. For sure. So as time delves on, I will share my journey. And hopefully I'll share some of my work with Anonymous for the Voiceless if I can help campaign with you guys. That would be fantastic. Uh, and, um, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I would, um, I would implore people to become vegan and try it out. And I'm going to let you know what I think in the next month. Um, based on the trajectory I'm going, I'm guessing I'm going to be saying very good things. I think the big thing for me personally now is I need to do a big shop. Like, I need to get all my food and start cooking loads of stuff because at the moment it's like I'm going out paying for food and, and it's like it's a bit all over the place. I haven't really sorted out my meal. But that's where I'll go to 22 Challenge. Yeah, it's um, it's it's called... Let me see if I can just get... Challenge it. 22, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's 22 days of full support. Right. Um, vegan, just go to vegan22.com. This is on the business card, yeah. which I'll upload by Vegan22.com. The, the, yeah, the business card's going to be uploaded. On the business card also, there's an email for Anonymous for the Voiceless. Um, and, but if, you want, if you're in Cardiff, or you, know, you can find your local group if you go to Anonymous for the Voiceless. But uh, AV Cardiff and AV Newport, the groups that I represent personally, you can still contact me, Linda Tudor-Maisie, and you can send me a message if you've got any questions also. But all the information, all the links, everything you need to know is all on the card. All right, guys. So, um, Lyndon, thank you so much for coming on for this episode of Collective Connect. My pleasure. It's been great to have you on. Uh, guys, I hope you took a lot of value away from the episode, and I hope you actually go on to become a vegan yourself, or at least try it out. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the least you can do. Just give it a try. You know, you may love it, you know, and you may not, but try it, because I guarantee you 99% of you will love it. So um, become vegan today. Give it a go. Lyndon, again, thank you for coming on the episode. Uh, guys, um, there is going to be a bit of a shift, and this is more of a community announcement. Uh, at the moment, it's Collective Connect. We'll be rolling with that. 
Uh, we A lot of the things we've been putting on our website for how the community is going to develop will slightly change as we're taking a pivot. So it's not going to be a community where everyone can share an idea at the moment. We're niching it down so we can turn our creative community into more of a product, which would be a viable business, which allowed still loads of, loads of like great services for you guys where you guys can connect and collaborate and work on projects. But we're focusing a lot on turning this into a really viable business model. So I can use all you signups, everyone who signed up to the community to actually get something of value rather than us just saying we're going to bring something of value we're working towards building that business model so um none of the we won't have loads of projects coming soon however i will share any projects that come along the way but um thank you for listening to this episode it's your boy Farron Khalid signing out Lyndon thank you so much for coming on yeah, said thank you he's just a bit away from the mic yeah. <laughs> thank you yeah no worries all right awesome thank you for listening bye guys cool cut this out but cool that was good let me just pause that how, how long was it? So you know. I, do, I just go off on a bit of a tangent sometimes. Um, yeah, but I, hopefully I was getting the message across. That's the main thing anyway. Yeah.